Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. John 12, verse 20. The Bible says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. The father of the scriptures singled them out. It means, one, they were not the usual people that come to worship. Two, it means maybe they're from a different kind of tribe or race, which you know. He said there were certain Greeks among those who came out to worship at the feast. And then he said, then they came to Philip. Now it's important for you not just to go as you came. It's important for you to connect with somebody. Somebody who can tell you more about us. Somebody who can tell you what we are doing here. Somebody who can really show you the ropes. And if you are Philip, you will not let somebody go without you being a blessing to them. Someone you didn't know, connect with them. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. May you see Jesus today. And every one of us who is fellowshipping here today, it's important for us to know that I know pastor is handsome, I'm great, I'm good looking, I can't help it. But it's important to see Jesus. Many people come to church to see other things. You come to see your friend, you come to see her, it's good. Many people got married because they saw her in church. But it's important to see Jesus. May you not go empty-handed today. <laughs> Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus, what a wonderful place to be. When the people you will walk up to will lead you to the right place, they won't mislead you. Verse 23, the Bible said, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. I believe the hour has come. We're in a season that God is doing great things in the life of his people. Amen. He said, most surely I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. May you produce much grain. He who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If any man serves me, I love that word. If any man serves me, let him follow me. So that is the way those who serve God behave. They follow him. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. That is something that comes with serving. And that's honor. May you be honored by God. Amen. Father, once again, we ask that you will breathe over your word. Minister life to us today and use my tongue as a pen of the ready writer. Father, I ask that you will touch lives, speak to the situations profoundly, prophetically. And I thank you, Lord, because none of us will remain the same. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We just read about grains. We read about what happened to this grain except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. There are five possibilities you can see. Because the Bible tells us what happened to this particular grain. But there are five possibilities that a grain that falls can go through. It is possible that the grain can be blown off when it falls. The grain can be blown off by wind, which means the fowls of the air can pick it up. And when it blows up, it shows instability. 
scripture tells us clearly that when the word of God comes due to the deceitfulness of the world, cares of the world, that shows that that grain cannot grow. And so that first condition, that first possibility, my prayer is that will not be your possibility today. That the word of God that is coming will not be blown off. In the name of Jesus. The second thing that is possible for this grain. When the grain falls to the ground, it's possible that actually it falls into the place where it could be trodden upon by men. The Bible tells us in Mark 4.4, 4, that's what happened to some of the grains that fell. Trodden upon by men. Another thing that could happen, like this thing could fall upon a rocky surface. Which means the grain when it falls, it might not have enough soil to grow, to germinate, to actually develop proper roots. This means that it will grow for some time, but it will not, it will not last. This is when people receive the word of God and they have emotional barriers. God doesn't want us to just to serve him with emotions. Now, of course, your emotion is required in relating to God's word, but that's not the basis of your coming to God. People say, oh, you know, the word of God moved me. And so they are moved only in church. But when they leave the church, there's no root. I'm praying that there will be a deep cut in your system today. That God's word will move you to respond. Amen. And it will have an eternal value. In the name of Jesus. You know, that's that kind of emotional feeling is what happened in Exodus 8. God said to Moses, he said he will harden the heart of Pharaoh. So every time there was one of those um, plagues, and then the plague is taken off, and then Pharaoh notices that, well, everything is okay now. The Bible says in Exodus 8, in verse um, 15, it said Pharaoh noticed that there was relief. People noticed after a bit of relief. And then their heart becomes hardened again. Many people run to God because they are going through a situation in their life and they say, God, you have to help me. And when they feel a little relief, I always liken this to the way I behave. I don't know about you. If I say that I've got flu and I've been given something to use for five days or so, after about three days, once I'm not sneezing, I'm not coughing, I forget the fact I need to use something in the morning. You know, and that's it. And I know that that's how a lot of people behave. Because of relief, you just think, well, it's gone. I can just ignore the remaining medication. I pray today that your contact with God and your decision with God will not just be temporary. Another thing that could happen to this grain, it could fall and be choked by thorns. Among thorns. In other words, it falls into a toxic proximity. Sometimes people want to respond in the house of God. People want to behave. People want to serve the Lord. But what happens to them is because of toxic relationship. Friends they have. Other things that they are actually getting themselves entangled with. People say to them, why are you going to that place really? You know you want to serve. Serve how? Why? Why do you have to serve? Are you a servant? Are you a slave? Now, people begin to say stuff. Why do you have to love God? Why do you have to go to church on a Sunday? You should be sleeping. And we think that's okay. Friends, the devil does not get tired. He has no respect about where you are living. And whether you know it or not, he's going to come to claim one day. That's why Christians don't go to sleep. So, you see, when it's in a toxic environment, you've taken a decision. The grain has fallen. But in a toxic environment, I pray today against every form of thorn. Against any toxic environment around you. May the Lord shut them down. May God grant you the ability to see through. And to be delivered from that kind of circle. But the fifth one. Which is a possibility. That is what I am praying for you today. That in Jesus name will fall upon good soil. That the word of God will fall upon good soil. I am ministering this morning. 
on how to live a life of fruitfulness. I want us to understand that when you look at a grain, you look at any seed, the potential of any seed is far greater than what the naked eye can see. You look at a seed and the life of that seed, the value of that seed, the potential of that seed is much more than the one seed that's in your hand. And it's the same way your life is a seed. When you serve God, the value of it actually transcends beyond one life. Now, it doesn't mean that the people behind you will not need to serve God. They also will have to serve God in their own way. But what I'm trying to say is there are benefits from your service unto God that people linked to you will always have to reap. The Bible says in Psalm 22, verse 30, it said, A seed shall serve him, it shall be accounted unto him for what? For a generation. When you serve the Lord in any capacity, God doesn't just bless you or reward you. He begins to reward people or things or any association that is linked to you. And there are things that come into their life, they don't even know how they are enjoying it. Our life is like a seed of great potential. You know what is interesting is fruitfulness was the only command that God gave to man in the Garden of Eden. If God wanted the Ten Commandments, he would have given it to us right from the beginning. But when you look at the scriptures when God created man, he told man in the garden only one commandment. And what was that thing? Be fruitful and multiply. In the name of Jesus, anything that is stopping your fruitfulness, we cast it today in Jesus' name. We come against anything that is obstructing your fruitfulness. God said to man, be fruitful. He was not suggesting it. He was commanding the man that he created. He said, be fruitful. And when you look at the life of Jesus Christ, everything he did showed fruitfulness. Jesus Christ came to this earth, walked on this earth, and everything he did was great, wonderful. He blessed people, even people who didn't deserve it. But there was one occasion, friends, that Jesus Christ broke the rule. That what he did... It's not what you feel you want to copy. Can you imagine? And that occasion occurred in Mark 11 verse 14. He saw a tree, a fig tree, that was not fruitful. The Bible said they cursed that tree. He said, no man shall eat out of you. Why? Because the tree did not operate in the principles of creation. Friends, heaven can't stand it when creation does not become fruitful. How can we understand this in the marketplace? But we think it doesn't matter in the house of God. Many of us are great in the marketplace. We understand these principles. We know we can't go to work without being fruitful. But when it comes to God, we think it's okay not to be fruitful. Our coming to church is not just the fruitfulness. Fruitfulness talks about the expansion of his kingdom and of his influence. Be fruitful and multiply. That was the instruction he gave. Fruitfulness is the first commandment God gave. It is also the basis of God's judgment. It's the basis of his reward. It's the basis of his judgment. God will only reward us as a church if we are fruitful according to what he called us to do. God wants to see, are you being fruitful in what I called you to do? Are you bringing the people into a life of full potential? You see, the word is not just show them potential. It's about full potential. And many of us are operating in potential, but we're not operating in our full. 
potential. So you see, bringing a people into a life of full potential is an assignment. Full potential in their career, full potential in their relationships, full potential in their work with God, full potential in how we are serving our community. And I thank God for what is going on in this house. Some of us don't know this, but there are people who have committed themselves that every other Friday they go to the local library and they set up the clinic there, seeing patients in our local library. Some people have committed themselves to that. So you see, in anything you are doing in this house, you can always take it up more. There is always a notch higher you can take things to. Fruitfulness is what God called us to be. The number one secret to multiply is adding value. It's a secret. We add value to other people. Because at this point we are saying, Pastor, how can I even do this? How do I know? Where do I begin? Add value to other people. I want to give us some Christ-like characteristics of a fruitful life. And in the scripture which you read in John chapter 12, I'm just going to focus on verse 24. It says, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, and I want to underline some key words, unless, there is no other way, unless a grain of wheat falls, underline the word falls, onto the ground, underline the word the ground, dies, underline dies. It says it remains alone. Underline remains alone. Is that, but if it dies, it produces much grain. There are seven things I want to pull out of this. Sevenfold characteristics of a Christ-like fruitfulness. Number one, necessity. Necessity. If you want to produce a fruitful life, whether in your career, no matter what it is you're doing, it is important for you to understand these following things. Accept. There is the word necessity. Jesus lived to serve and please the Father. We can't do things by ourselves. We can't make up our own rules. We can't say, you know what, I just want to serve God in my own way. There is nothing like that in the book. He said, those who serve me, they are with me. Except means this is the only condition of necessity. We have to understand this. Except I am adding value to others. I am not fulfilled. Accept. So my question is, have you discovered that accept in your work with God? Accept. That's where it starts from. It's not about I am praying, I am fasting, I am seeking the face of the Lord on what to do. Accept the grain falls. Accept, there is an accept there. In fact, when I read it in Amplified Version, he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you. See that? I assure you, that's amplified version. And most solemnly say to you. Most solemnly is a heavy word. It's almost like he's taking an oath. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. Now, he put it in quote. I love this. He said, just one grain, never more. May you be more than just you. You see, when you create something, it becomes a product of your brain. When you start something, it becomes an extension of you. When you impart another life, it becomes an extension of you. That's what it is. More than just you. He said, but if it dies, it produces much grain and yields. So that's the first necessity. Number two, intentional. You cannot be fruitful in the Christ-like way we're talking about without being intentional. He said, except it falls to the ground, falls. That's the word intentional. It has to fall. 
intentionally for. What does that mean really? It means to willingly submit ourselves. You must willingly submit yourself. If you want to be fruitful, don't just assume that, okay, you know, when they call me. No, you have to really call yourself. There is always something you are looking at that can be done better. You're looking at it, you know, you know what, I can actually do that. I probably could do that faster than the person is doing it right now. I probably could get a better outcome. Maybe I could do it even cheaper. You know, every time you sit down in a church like this, or you sit in any place, or in an office, and you look at that, you know what, I probably could do that better. What you're saying to yourself is you are intentionally pushing out of your system fruitfulness. That's how it is. That's why you go for a job higher than the one you are doing right now. It's the same thing in the house of God. Listen, anybody who is serving in the way right now, they are serving to the best knowledge that they have. But you can do also something. Maybe you can sing more. Maybe you can play instrument better. Maybe you can help in the ushering. Maybe you can help in the host department. Maybe you can help in the traffic department. Maybe you can help in the media department or on the camera. Something you can do or follow up or counseling or organizing events. It is not easy, but some of us know we can do things better. So what is it you feel that you can do better, but you're not doing? The Bible said the grain must fall to the ground. There has to be that willing submission. You must become irrevocably convinced that your existence, wherever you find yourself, must be about adding value. So when God said, be fruitful, God was talking to man, be fruitful. Amen. Number three. Place into the ground. The grain must be placed into the ground. Service is not imaginary or fictitious. He said, except the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Falls to the ground. There is a place the grain must fall to. It must fall. There is a place for fruitfulness. There is a place and that place is in the ground. In other words, service is not imaginary. You can't just say, I am being fruitful. You just can't see it. You know, I call people during the week. I encourage people. True. But we must be able to see the fruits. Amen. Service or fruitfulness has a geographical reference. Like I said, every time you see people wanting to make an impact, they want to make a change, it's important for us to know that just talking theory is not helpful. One of the areas you see people talking theory is in developing nations. One example I know very well is in Nigeria. You see, everybody has an understanding of what should be done for the country to get better. So they will talk theory. But they cannot show you one thing they have done that is better, personally. And I'm excited when I see young people fired up about the solution of these nations of the world or Africa. But what we should understand is God won't give you a big project to start. He'll first of all test you with a small one. So how faithful have you been even in the little confinement you have found yourself? Before you want the whole brains of the world to come together and make an impact. What impact are you making in the small space you are in? We make references to big names and big organizations, but what have you done with a small organization? The real proof of fruitfulness. Jesus Christ wanted to win the whole world. So what did he do? He first of all gathered disciples. Isn't that what he did? You think he couldn't have gathered the whole world? He first of all gathered a few people. Within the few people, he even gathered a fewer people. Time has come, particularly young people, for us to really stand up and be counted. We are blessed. We are a great people, great with ideas. 
There's a whole lot more that those of you who are younger can do in terms of fruitfulness. The Bible said it fell to the ground. And then it says it dies. So number four, there is something about the present state. What is your present state? The word death here is not talking about something that is useless. Death here is talking about the fact that your flesh must be submitted. Flesh, there is no flesh that can glory in its presence. Some of us want God to use us, but we don't want God to change us. This grain must go through a change. If it was through fire, we talk about combustion. But this grain that we're talking about here had to go through a change, which means it cannot be used the same state which it was. There is a change that must come. And you understand that if we remain buried in Christ, that's why he said that no longer I live, but Christ is living me. So my flesh has to be submitted. We must understand that the change comes when this grain falls to the ground and dies. So my dear friends, you must understand that it is service over status. Let service come first. You know the disciples of Jesus Christ, they came to him. They said, well, we know you are going to die soon. We, don't, we wish you didn't go, but sorry, too bad. But who's going to be the greatest? The guy just told them he's about to die. And the next thing is, okay, when you are gone, who is the class captain? We must understand that this idea of thinking we have to flash our card with who we are, what we are, is really not relevant if we want to be fruitful. Want to be fruitful? Just let your work speak. Let the things you do introduce you. Also, in that area, it's important for us to know that it must be about our character, not our comfort. I'm talking about the state of the seed. What's your present state? Your character. What I mean by the character, not comfort, is don't ever think I will be fruitful when the circumstances are right. Character, not the comfort. Let me give you this story. A man was caught on the road one day, dying, because he has been lynched by robbers. And the priest came around, saw him, but the circumstance was not right because the man had a preaching engagement. Remember? So what did he do? He walked on the other side and he left. The Levite came. The circumstances were not right because maybe the deacons and the members and the new members and the old members, whatever, didn't make him to want to serve. He walked on the other side. And he was praying maybe God will send somebody to solve this problem. But then the Samaritan came. It was about character, not comfort. The Samaritan was going somewhere too. And we know that because by the time he got to the inn, he deposited this man and continued on his journey. Don't think you will only serve when everything is right. Don't think you will serve when your work is no longer stressful. That's not going to happen. You have to willingly determine that your character must be above your comfort. Because, my friend, none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you serve today. You serve now. And God himself sees your situation. He sees what you are going through. And God knows in spite of what you are going through, you are still serving. This grain we are talking about, we don't understand where in the bag the grain was pulled from. But the grain was dropped. He died. The present state of it is he submitted himself and he died. He said, no longer I, but God. Let God be glorified in my life. Number five, this grain must show unselfishness. Unselfishness. The kingdom is much bigger than your dream. Much bigger than your plans. 
Much bigger than your ego. Unselfishness is important. He said, except the grain falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Unselfishness. It cannot be alone. Not alone. For us to be fruitful like Christ, we must do a we agenda. Not an I agenda. It must be about us. The Bible said, except this grain falls to the ground, it abides alone. Alone. Put the we over our personal need. Personal agenda. Why do we think the work of God deserves less importance? Time has come for the real children of God to rise up. No, why am I saying this? The devil knows that Christendom is sleeping. And so there is a wave that is coming. There is a wave coming to the Christendom. A time is coming that it will take the grace of God to find real Christians. See, when these Muslims are fighting and we think they are crazy, and they are saying, no, we will draw a line here. When last do you see Christians drawing a line? When last did we really see ourselves making up our mind, this is the way we will not serve God? We are not going to serve God like that. This is the way we must stand. It's important for us to know that some people stood hard to pass on the button to us. But there is a generation that is thinking Jesus Christ can be found and be lived with okay every day in the pub. There is no difference. But there is a difference. There is a difference. We cannot have a transformation without a transformed life. Even the devil transforms himself as agent of life too. Do you understand that? Even the devil. So unless you actually have a real transformation and understand the difference between this is God, this is not God. We're joking. So when we talk about the Christ-like nature of fruitfulness, this is what it is. It requires dying to something. It requires saying, this is it. If he slays me, I will still serve him. Unselfishness. Number six, resurrection. Resurrection is automatic as we serve the Lord. This seed that has fallen into the ground, dies, and Christ is living through us, has to show a life of resurrection. That after the crisis, after the pain, the seed resurrects. And I thank God that you will resurrect in the name of Jesus. Because you will bring forth, the Bible said, then it falls to the ground and dies, and it brings forth. You will bring forth. You bring forth ideas, newness. Your relationship will bring forth. Your dreams will bring forth. That's resurrection. God hasn't called you to a death that has no resurrection. Has no pain that has no gain in God. God has nothing to gain by having Christians who are poor, who have no answer prayer, who have no miraculous occurrences in their life. God wants you to be the envy of those who don't know him. So God will infuse freshness into his own. Let me just close with this. Number seven, purpose. This whole agenda of the grain falling to the ground and die is because there is a purpose. And that purpose must be fulfilled through fruitfulness. That's why you are created. Whenever you see something designed according to purpose and is not fulfilling it, it means something must be done. Do you understand? The purpose of your life and my life is to be fruitful. It's not just for us to just say, I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, or we carry the sticker on our cars. It must be about purpose, which is fruitfulness in every area. Listen, the seed planted itself can never be defeated. Once that seed is planted, it cannot be defeated because the seed is serving its purpose because it's going to grow up again. The devil may try to frustrate you, but it cannot prevail over you because you are fruitful in the hands of he who created you. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. I pray that your life will be fruitful. I pray that your thoughts will be filled with inventions. 
There are books to write. There are songs to write. There are projects to do. There are new ideas to come through you. There are businesses to start. I pray in the name of Jesus, as you are planted in God, God will plant ideas in you in the name of Jesus. I pray for new areas to come out. New areas of development. Listen, there are untapped areas. There are untapped land. There are arid lands. There are areas that are deserts. I pray in Jesus' name that you will fill it up. You will step into it. In the name of Jesus, you will step into it. You will turn it into great things. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because your hand is on the plow. I pray that that place you place your hand on, it will be fertile. In the name of Jesus. Because you touch it, you will be fulfilled. And fulfillment will come upon it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Anything that you see around you that is a waste. But God designed it to be a potential. Receive the grace to turn them around. In the name of Jesus. Every business that is wasting. Every business. These people come to buy a struggling business. And turn them around to multi-million business. I pray. In the name of Jesus. Capacity to take over things that are struggling. And the hand of God upon your life. May it show off in that thing. I pray for you in Jesus' name that as you serve the Lord, receive the capacity to overcome hindrances, overcome obstacles, overcome the storms and the thorns around. In the name of Jesus, your seed will grow. You will multiply. You will prosper. Receive divine inspirations. Receive divine visitations. Receive divine help. May the angel of the Lord remove every obstacle in your path. Amen. It is well with you all. Well with all yours. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus four four. 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.